Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to Mud Her, episode 31, season two of the Rewrite the Mother Code podcast. I'm delighted to have had the opportunity to spend some really quality, in-depth time with Michelle Katz. Michelle has mothered many things and continues to mother not only children, but a law practice that she birthed. And her newest child, a COVID baby, is the Plus One Foundation, which is a foundation around adoption and resource-based and how you know anyone can learn about and get resources around adoptions beautiful. So she shares this non-traditional path to motherhood in just an inspiring, insightful way. So we get to learn about her and, and these endeavors and just the way she's in a very womanly and also, you know, research-based and, you know, using the masculine and service of the feminine for her choices and, you know, using resources around her. And I think you'll find, as I did, her journey incredibly inspiring and thought-provoking and allow you to to consider, you know, that no path is the same, you know, for mothering and we all can carve it. We can all go on a journey that's really uniquely our own and claim that. But as we both agreed, you know, do it with as much insight and discernment as we can. So without further ado, let's join Michelle. 
So Michelle, welcome to Mother Podcast. I'm super excited, thrilled that you could be with us today. Thank you. Me too. I was just so delighted to get the invitation to be on your podcast. I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to share you with listeners because you're an inspiring woman like across the board. And I, I'm going to have you share more about that. But I know just getting to know you, your career, mothering, motherhood, you know, your new foundation, we're going to talk about all that. But just if you wouldn't mind like sharing with people, just give people a general sense of you. Yes, I'd be happy to. And thank you. Um, Michelle Katz, I started practicing law actually a little over 20 years ago. Time has flown. And I would say at some point during my career, I was ready to be an entrepreneur. I had worked in larger environments and I was ready to go off on my own. I then started my law firm called Advitum IP, which means yeah. intellectual property for life. And I've always been into connecting with people for a lifetime and really maintain those relationships with mm -hmm. clients. They often become friends. And throughout my career. I started a family. My husband and I adopted our first child. And then I carried two kids after that, my two boys. And then we decided to adopt again to round out with two girls and two boys. And my last child, the entry of her into our family was really the inspiration for starting the foundation plus one. Oh, great. Well, I'm so excited. You just set the foundation for everything that we can unpack in our time together, which is amazing. And, you know, even you know, finding out about you and and knowing just these pieces that I do, I was like, oh, she's mothered a relationship. She's mothered a business. And then now hearing what you're just saying there, mothered all of these relationships, right? Like it isn't like a come into my life and leave my life. And that's a big aspect of mothering, right? I think is fostering relationships, building them, you know, seeing them grow and seeing a business grow and, you know, all the ups and downs and stresses and pains and wonderfulness that comes with all of that. I love it because you have all of those context that when we write the mother code is all about, like we mother in our lives. I want to hear about all the pieces of it. So you mentioned, you know, four kids and kind of coming in in different ways and, and just to like kind of be in that space, right? Like it's a non-traditional path of like, if there's something traditional and it isn't one size fits all for anybody, but you know, yours in particular, I think you came about motherhood in, in several different ways. Do you mind kind of sharing some of your story with that? I would love to. And there has been a lot of mothering going on in my life for a long time, <laughs> even mm -hmm. before kids. Yeah. Uh, so I remember I was a college kid walking through campus with my then boyfriend, now husband husband. And I said to him, I want to adopt a child one day. I don't even know if we looked at each other. He just said, cool. And we kept walking. <laughs> so I had this desire to add plus one to our family. Mm -hmm. And we started with that process and it was pretty much gestational, believe it or not. I think we put in our application and about 40 yeah. weeks later, uh, we got the phone call for our baby girl who is, wow. um, she's born in Colombia. And two and a half weeks later, we were on a plane 
on the way to meet her with a book, the first 12 months for dummies, quite frankly, both of us yeah. being professionals. I didn't babysit a whole lot growing up um, yeah. as the youngest child in my family. My siblings really mothered me more than, than the reverse. Although times have changed now that we're all adults. Then my husband is a cancer survivor. We always knew that going through certain kinds of treatments was a, was a reality for us. And I was fine with, you know, we were just kind of owned that was yeah. our reality. And um, after some time and after um, quite a bit of time, we had a success. And that's how my first son was born. Then we just put our names on the list again, because we did want to adopt again. We had such a beautiful experience. And certainly after we paid our fees, you know, I was starting kind of getting this recognizable feeling that I had had with my first son. And I was like, huh, so, you know, I uh, didn't even tell my husband, I took like one of the sticks and sure enough, it was positive. <laughs> so they, so we're like, whoa, okay. I didn't even know you could have kids that way. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the good old no, they had, you know. exactly. and then we were adapting to having three children, mothering three children, all under um, the, all with career, yeah, pretty close age frame, right? Um, we or no, have a, we have, no, that's a, there's a gap, almost a four year gap, not huge, but almost no. a four year gap before, between my eldest, uh, my Colombian princess and the, for, in the, and my first son, but only 21 months in between yeah. the two boys. Yeah. So that was kind of like, what, what, whoa. Okay. So that was a new experience. So we held off a little bit, but I did always have in mind to even it out. Yeah. <laughs> another girl. Yeah. And that adoption was really interesting, different than the first because we adopted an older child. Oh. And we do we do have a bilingual home. I should say that. So we speak Spanish at home. I'm not a native speaker, but I have always thought that language connects people yeah. and certainly a child with their home country. So if it is possible to do, and we wanted to do that. So that is the language primarily spoken in the home between me and the children. My mm -hmm. husband speaks English to the children. And it was thought that, you know, we're research oriented, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm my husband's a physician. I'm an attorney. You'd get a real type A vibe probably there <laughs> um, as far as doing research as to what's the best way to bring up children in, in the sense of language. And so I had a real interest in Spanish. I had taken French. I had taken other languages in school, but I had not really learned Spanish. And I mean, living in the United States, it's like, really? You don't speak Spanish? So I took it upon myself with the first child to to actually improve my language skills in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And from our research, we discovered that sometimes kids can be delayed if they grow up with more than one language at home. They're trying to figure out which one to use. And so what we learned was our strategy um, came from the research that we found that if you assign a language to a parent, then oh. it can avoid potentially language mm -hmm. delays. And my daughter used to look at me and say, gracias mama, and then look at her dad and say, thanks dad. And so she really had it divided in her mind and it's just, it's stuck. And so we've done it with all the children and they know that 
mommy is the Spanish speaker, even though I'm not perfect. <laughs> and I right, definitely awesome. get that sense with the youngest one because she's the best Spanish speaker in the house since we adopted oh. her at eight years old. This is so beautiful, Michelle. And, you know, everything from the, like you said, the researcher side and analytical to the walking down and said, I want to adopt someday. And then following that urge or that that yearning, you know, that you, that you had there. If you don't mind, I'd love to kind of look at both of those a little more. So going back to the walking on campus, I, I want to adopt. And not like you have to analyze it, but I'm curious if you ever looked into like, where did that come from? Like why, what was happening in my life or has happened in my life that, you know, cause adoption never spoke to me. You know, I never had a voice say like, why don't you adopt someday? You know, never was there, but it was for you and any sense or awareness, you know, of what that was and then following it, what that was like. It's interesting to think back, like, what were you thinking at that young age? I wasn't even looking to have kids. I I just kind of blurted that out. And I think I always wanted to do something that I thought was life-changing for myself and for other people. And I thought adoption would definitely be that. That definitely changes someone's course. And also we had had a lot of uh, family legend on a particular person in our family, my great grandfather who was adopted in Tsarist Russia and who fled the country coming to the United States eventually. And he would never disclose until the day he died his last name, his adopted last name, because in that and that time period, you had to give a child to serve in the army for 25 years or so, give or take. <laughs> and so he was always had that paranoia that someone was going to come after him. Mm-hmm. And he had been adopted for the purpose of here's a, here's a child for <laughs> here's a child for the army. Yeah, so I had been raised also on that story of adoption. So oh, it wasn't so foreign, like the idea of adoption wasn't super foreign to me, but we didn't have anyone yet in our family who was close to us who had who had adopted although that's mm-hmm. changed our yeah. family now actually we have several cousins of my children who are also yeah. adopted from various places colombia moldova primarily yeah. so yeah so but we were the first one since that time in our in my ancestry I'm always so fascinated. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about and we write the mother code is, you know, oftentimes like women will be like, I know I want to have kids. I know I don't want to have kids. And kind of that, I find that exploration really kind of juicy and informative, right? To not kind of leave it there. Like, well, I just know, like I, I do believe in women's intuition and kind of gut senses, but I also believe that connected to that is wiring and things like in our family mythology and family, you know, upbringings that kind of spark those kind of, you know, that thinking, right. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. I I love like how, how you're tying it there. And there was probably like service aspects in your family, I'm guessing, you know, or some aspects like that, where, you know, it came to you that like, I want to change my life, change others' lives and be of service where I can. Well, you're, you know, as an attorney, I believe that's true too. And you're starting a foundation, all of which we'll still talk about, but those things manifest themselves in these ways. And I think it's, you know, what you're talking about is really beautiful. I think that you really hit on when you said service, because I was thinking about like, where did that come from? And my whole life, I did a lot of volunteer work. I was involved in various organizations, youth group organizations, especially Mm. through high school as well as college. So always trying to make the world a better place, even if in seemingly small ways, Mm. but I prefer to do it in big ways. (laughs) 
That was my reference. If we could make some big changes, let's do that. Let's move the needle. So that's kind of where I'm at. I would say now that my career is, I'm I'm still building in my career 20 years in and nine years, an entrepreneur with my own law firm, but I really felt like it's time to do my next big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really interested in changing the mindset around adoption completely. Oh, good. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of go into that and we can start in either place, but why, well, let's, let's talk about the birth of the plus one foundation. You know, you just were, I think, kind of giving the seeds into that, but if you don't mind sharing that birth story as well, that would be lovely. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> um, I get really excited about, it, as you can see from my face. Yes, um, I can see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the inspiration came from my last adoption. Timing is really important, I think, for this story too, because, you know, we had been on a list for a couple of years, actually, before we saw some movement. And this is Mm pre-pandemic. And we talked to certain resources. Um, I would, at this point, definitely, I would call them resources who gave us some advice and we made some changes in our strategy. Mm -hmm. And once we did, it made a difference in that connected us with our with our youngest daughter and we flew out in December of 2019 so the pandemic isn't really news yet and Not really we flew in before Christmas time and the court shut down in Colombia because this again was this was a Colombian adoption but there were a lot of differences between this trip and last trip because last trip when you adopt an infant, then the child is presented to you. They're not living in an orphanage typically at that time. There aren't a lot of visits between the adopting family and the orphanage. But in the situation of an older child, which was this adoption, you spend a lot of time getting to know the people. There's a lot of meetings. You actually get to do um, TheraPlay, which is basically Mm -hmm. the family the whole family in a therapy session, but play-based. And you have several of those. So you're spending a lot of time seeing and being with other children who some are available for adoption, some are not. And we got to know the staff much like we became very close with them. We are still message with them and send pictures of our daughter. There's a bond there. And I would walk in to the orphanage with a bag of lollipops And the kids would just come swarming around me. Okay. And they knew like when they saw me, they're like, where's the lollipops? You know, donde están las colombianas? Like that's what they're (laughs) looking for. And I'd be like, I got them, you know? So and I'd be passing out uh, the the suckers, you know, and that's such a small thing, but yet to them, it was huge. And I'm looking around at all these beautiful children and you're like, why do these kids not have a secure, permanent, forever home. And in my mind, it was just a lack of PR or the wrong PR or maybe stigma that adoption is only for families who, quote unquote, need to adopt. But it doesn't have to be. It can be like you're walking to the grocery store or through the college campus like I did and say, you know what? I want to adopt one day. I don't know what that kid's going to look like. I don't know where they're going to be from. But what I have come to learn is that since I have a blended family where I've carried Mm -hmm. children and adopted children, both avenues are beautiful. And there's a lot of pros and cons with each avenue as well. To all of them, the ages, the 
the natural birth, adoption, everyone was so different and pluses and minus with each of those. Each, each avenue. I, I mean, we still joke today. My, my eldest is 15 and she knows, she goes, well, you know, I didn't wreak havoc on mommy's body like you did to the younger, you know, cause we can play around like that because adoption and their adoption stories, they've always been very open about, you know, where they've come from. And my girls share a room and they have a Colombian flag hanging in their room. And we've got a lot of, we, we celebrate the country and the language. And I think it's nice to be able to bring that into our home. And that's one of the reasons we chose Colombia because we had cousins already living in another state who had adopted from Colombia. And so just like when you're, when you're in your family planning and, and if, you know, if you have, you know, a, a biological child, you don't know what you're getting, but no. you try to, you know, you do your tests, you do the yeah. testing and you do these sort of things. And some of us, many of us, that's kind of how we felt with adoption is we wanted mm -hmm. to go with a program that was kind of tried and true, if you know what I mean. And totally. so we had cousins and my husband's side of the family had cousins mm -hmm. who had adopted from Colombia. And, and that's why we went there. I was wondering that. I was wondering how yeah, you picked, Because there's you know, a lot to choose from. It's so important. I think, I, I know people tend to be very private. It is, can be very private, yeah. which is why there are consultants out there. That's one of the focuses of the plus one adoption foundation yeah. is to provide confidential referrals to talk to people with knowledge because as you probably know when you investigate something new then you realize how much you don't know yeah. and i'm an expert myself i'm i'm a trademark lawyer okay so when i need help in assistance in some other kind of law, or even if it has to do with maintenance on my house or something, yeah. I am an expert person. I like to go talk to experts. And I think with family planning, wow. I mean, talking to an expert who knows about international versus domestic and the pros and cons, which might be a pro for one person and a con for another. You know, it's all these things are very personal and there's nothing wrong with any choice, but get the knowledge. Yep. And you oh, might save a lot totally. of time, anguish, right? Because, you know, family planning in general, it can be emotional. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, Hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women and coming to really take time for yourself. Okay. And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies, 
I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. Well, and that, uh, you're speaking to such great points, Michelle, in, in all of this. And I, I love bringing in kind of another lens and window to look into it, but bringing that back to the fact that one thing I really like want to support women in always in their whole journey of mothering is get to know the landscape, right? Like we're get, even if you just know, I'm going to, you know, I want to like conceive a biological child. Like that's my you know, my desire, my goal, mm -hmm. right. Just because you know, that's, what's happening around you. Like there's a whole history with mothering. There's so much mythology. There's so much like many paradigms in our culture that sure can be great and can be great for some women, but not others. And pressure from family, the pressure from our culture to do things a certain way is really powerful. You know, so there's always, if one thing I, you know, always want to impart or, you know, encourage, you know, women to go in as, and you mentioned it earlier, everything from research to, you know, the, your, from your family histories to the history of mothering. And it's a lot of what we explore and rewrite the mother code, you know, and see how it's been done differently throughout time and really know where you sit to know how influenced you're going to be by external circumstances so that you can make, you know, choices that are, that are right for you. And especially when you're making different choices, right? Like when you're, like you said, like most of the time people think you only adopt when you can't have a biological child, right? Like there's issues. That's there. right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, it, wow. Like that's going to raise some eyebrows. You're choosing to adopt when you could possibly have a biological child. And then I want women to be equipped with like the resources to deal with that, those questions and the emotions that come with that. And, you know, I love hearing your story because I, it sounds like you've, you know, navigated that in a lot of like, you know, really expansive ways. Right. And there's always more, of course, you know, any of us, you know, doing any of this uh, can always have more ways, uh, but you've had the experience in a number of the different arenas to know that each of them comes with their own beautiful ways. People are with you and not so, you know, friendly ways that people are with you. And, and that, that mothering is wrought with that. Somehow we become public property to people and people feel like they can say anything they want to you about your choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Don't I know. 
know that. Um, and then sometimes, you know, and I, and I never, I don't ask like a new couple, you know, I don't start to say, so when are you going to have kids? Because I would say like, more like, do you want to have children? If I have a close relationship with that person, I, so, I don't make assumptions because not everyone wants kids. Exactly. But then sometimes, you know, with one, one of my close friends, um, we had had the discussion, this is a long time ago. She's like, you know, I just don't have the desire to be pregnant. And I thought, oh, okay. Not all ways require you to be pregnant. Just FYI, you yeah. know, there's surrogacy <laughs> yeah. adoption, of course, is would be another one, but there's lots of, I don't know about lots, but there's definitely other options. Absolutely. If motherhood in the sense of having children is not your desire, that's one thing. That's a personal choice. If you do but there's something preventing you that doesn't have to, then that would be something maybe to explore. Like what are other us? And I don't think she had actually thought about it beyond because she had never thought beyond as you know, what we might call, right. The traditional family planning, birth plan type of thing. So yeah, it's really, it's always very interesting. I think because this kind of funny anecdote, my daughter was interviewed and she had questions that she needed to answer about me. Mm. And one of them was like, what's the characteristic that stands out for you about your mother? Okay. About me. And she said, open-mindedness. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. She's a teenager, you know, yeah. so like, you just don't know what's going to be said about her, about her mother, but I very was vulnerable really like, question. I was like, really? Wow. And so I, I do think that aspect of my personality, you know, I'm just taking in the information, no, no judgment here, you know, mm-hmm. but if I'm aware of what your desires are, your goals are, it's the same in business and I can try to help you best I can reach them. I love that. That's really beautiful, Michelle. And so I want, you mentioned like one aspect of plus one foundation. It's new, you know, this is a a newborn, uh, so to speak, but Mm -hmm. been conceiving for probably a little while here. Can you say, just cover that more? Like what, what, what's your vision for the plus one foundation? And absolutely. And, and probably help if I finish that story. So when we left Columbia, which was December, we got December 31st of 2019, we arrived back to Chicago, back home, where there was a light snow, which was our daughter's first snow she had ever seen and touched as she was walking up the stairs, dragging her hands, you know, on Mm. the, uh, to touch the the cold um, snow. And she just loved that. And then of course, like a few months later, the pandemic hit. Pandemic get, definitely gave me time to reflect. It also was a bit harrowing because I had now four children at home. Yeah, that a, was really a, a business time. Yep. With yes, and um, without help, um, as I felt like as soon as I finished breakfast service, I was on to lunch service. Uh, since everybody was home, the amount of garbage, the the cleaning, like it was uh, difficult. But I also, um, as I was probably passing out in the evening time, I would think about my time at the orphanage. And I said, you know, my, I think I have a pandemic baby on the way. And that was where I started putting together my thoughts about a foundation to change the mindset about adoption, provide resources and funding because adoption actually doesn't have to be expensive. Through my investigation, I have learned so much but it can be, especially international adoptions. Mm. But I learned that DCFS right here in Chicago, um, they actually pay you a stipend 
So they provide formula, a crib. I mean, I did not know those things because I did not do a domestic adoption. I have mm. since, at least weekly, had calls with different consultants, adoption agencies to learn more. And that's the idea. That's what we want people to contact us. What is your question? How can we get you to the next step so that you can mm. become more informed? Do you need help with the cost, the process and the cost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it can be expensive. And you know, the area that people don't think about is post-placement, especially with older children. They need tutoring. They need to yeah. get to the place where they need to be. They may have not gone through as much schooling as mm -hmm. they would here. It really just depends on the circumstances. They might need therapies. Attachment is super important. Yep. The pandemic was amazing in, in that respect because everyone was then home. Mm -hmm. We weren't running around for activities and all the parties on the weekend, you know, where we were like double or triple booked getting kids here and there and everywhere. Totally. And so we were hunkered down and that actually was really nice. And we were able to focus, but we still chose to do theraplay at home. Mm. We did it virtually once the lockdown started. She had to learn English, you know, yeah. <laughs> she, she needed, there were a lot of things. So we had, you know, a language yeah. specialist, you know, all, all these kind of things and they cost money. Yeah. So that is something that where we really want to help uh, in particular with post-placement because that nobody's that I have seen, they're not giving money for, for post-placement. It's kind of like, great, you've, your child's been placed with you. Have at it. Here you yeah, go. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> and then the, 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 um, the agencies, they, there is uh, required follow-up every six months for a couple of years. Depends on, again, it depends on the country's rules, depends on um, in the domestic rules and which state you reside and these sort of things. But yeah, we're here and we want to help. And our platform right now is on Instagram and okay. the handle is at plus one adoption. Great. For the listeners, it'll be in our notes. Beautiful. And then uh, our website, again, we're so new, but our website will be launched within the next few weeks. Okay, and that good. is plus one adoption.org. Yeah. So we'll have those in there, but do stay tuned in case you, because I think this, this will air actually in a, in a week. So okay. you, you'll still be. The timing could, yeah, the timing could it, be very in sync. Yes, it sounds perfect. I'm super excited for people to to have you as a resource, you know, and it all ties together so beautifully. And I loved how you called it your, you know, your COVID baby, um, <laughs> right? Like what yes. you what you conceived, you know, in there and and during this time, and and are giving birth to, you know, right, in kind of in sync with that timing. So we're just to maybe we have time for like a couple more things. What would you say to someone who's considering adoption? What are first things you say when someone says, I'm thinking about adopting or I'm considering it? First, I'd, I'd probably ask, do you want any feedback on that comment? Because <laughs> I, I don't always, you know, want to give people advice or comments if they're just talking. Mm -hmm. But assuming that they do want feedback, then I would recommend a consultant, someone who specializes in that very first step to educate you on the different types of adoption, the whole landscape, like the whole said. landscape from the age of the child and, and your opinion can change. Okay. Mm -hmm. From when you, you start, uh, you can say, Oh, I only want an infant. And then you can 
as you discuss with a consultant, you might say, hmm, you know what? Maybe an older child. And what, what does that mean? Older child can be two or three, like toddler, or they can be older than that. Mm -hmm. You know, we, our daughter, our eldest daughter was four months and our, our fourth child, our second daughter had just turned eight years old. We did a a birthday celebration in in Colombia when we were adopting her because she had just turned eight, very different, but both incredible experiences, Mm -hmm. but you don't even have to leave your state. You don't have to leave your city necessarily. That That's something to understand too. And how does agency work versus maybe hiring a lawyer or a consultant that walks you? Some consultants are just informational. Others actually have packages where they'll hold your hand and walk you through the whole process. So you see there's, there, there's this whole variety of ways to go through adoption. And that first step are any of these ways, do they fit your vision for building your family, building, adding yeah. that plus one to your family? I, I love that, Michelle. And, and uh, that's what was coming to mind to me. And you just said it, you know, uh, so when I work with couples and they're talking about kids in any facet, you know, of thinking about having them, not having them is like, what's your vision for your family? And that the two of you are a family. And I love the name plus one. Do you want to add to your family, not like make a family? Because I always, you know, like people considering and knowing that whether they have a child or not, they're a family and we're going to add to it. And what's our vision for that? What do we, you know, imagine just from this broader perspective, you know, and what do we think a child's going to bring us and, you know, what discover the whole, like, you know, the light and dark side of all of that, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause you know, there's lots of reasons we think about what a child can do for us personally and for uh, us as a couple. And some are beautiful and noble. Some are, you know, just like, it's going to fix something, you know, there's like a whole range and, you know, to be willing to tell the truth about all of those. Um, so coming in with that vision and then, you know, having these resources to help you navigate, you know, and, and, and the vision can change, you know, when you hear information, but having some values that you have, or, you know, aspects, it can be both, it can help you narrow, but it can also expand the possibilities for you, which I think is also really, really beautiful and cool. Like, oh, there isn't just one way to like go about having a family and that this, provides so much there for you. And then, you know, ultimately for your family. Right. And you can, you can be single. Maybe this is something that you want. This is your personal project that you, that you'd like to do. Um, I, yeah, I had a girlfriend, she said, you know, I don't want to go through pregnancy alone. I'd like to have a child. And so she looked into adoption because, you know, that can be a scary thing. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. some realities that I think people may not realize, you know, if you have a partner, you know, you've got someone there in case there's an issue like physical, right? Totally. Um, and she, that would that scared her enough that that was a con. Pregnancy was a con for her to do that alone, but to handle paperwork, to get things notarized, right? It's very mm-hmm. that's a very different type of experience, and yet still have the beauty of it's that still a conception first and meeting. birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That first meeting um, in 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 Spanish they call it encuentro. That's mm-hmm. um, when you actually meet your child for the first time, and it's it's so amazing. I mean, we we actually have video of ours, um, mm-hmm. both both of our, both daughters, and it's just it's so incredible. I mean, uh, my youngest she just ran and jumped into my arms. I mean, I did, we, we had, we had, um, done zoom prior, but this was the first time that she actually met us in person. Mm -hmm. And that was just a huge reaction and such a positive one. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I love that because in, you know, that context, like having that experience, that's so palpable, but that may happen even if you give birth to a child, like sometimes that baby, like, you know, kind of nestles right in and sometimes they don't, sometimes you don't, you know, like there's <laughs> yeah, but a, birth videos. A, I don't want to see anyone's birth video, but an <laughs> yeah, this one video, will take. Yeah, I yeah. would welcome, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Well, the last thing I want to talk about, and it's probably the most important thing I want to talk about, because in this whole expanded vision, you know, that we talked about, you, you know, you've, you mother a business, your children, your relationship, and, and now this foundation, but the most important person we need to mother is ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So if you wouldn't mind sharing ways that, that you personally, and, you know, ways that even if I don't do them that well, I know, um, are important ways for us to mother ourselves while we're mothering our kids, our businesses, our relationship, and what your experience of that has been like. That is so important to mother yourself. Uh, wow. Um, and, and everyone needs to mother themselves truly. And I know that sometimes it can get pushed because you feel like you have all these other obligations. But yes, I, I am definitely need to grab the oxygen mask for myself first, right. as, as we used to do on flights, not that we're doing so much of that no. anymore. Um, and then, you know, oxygenize your children. Okay. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, definitely give yourself that mask um, so you can breathe. And what does that look like for me? So stress is a natural part of life and, and how we how we define stress, you know, as good or bad differs person to person. I find that exercise is nice alone time. I, for me, <laughs> mothering myself is alone time because I live in a house with a lot of people and pets. And so who needs some mothering? Um, so I like to, we, we do have a small gym where we live and that and walks outside when we can. Uh, and because the weather isn't always cooperative in Chicago, but um, getting that time is was is so critical for me. Another thing that I've been doing for years, and we were able to actually carry it on through the pandemic, was date night. Great, oh, so um, important. So Chicago is a culinary mecca type of city. Yes. So you can go to a restaurant every night if you had the finances and the time and never repeat a restaurant. So it's just, it's wonderful here. And that has been such a nice outlet as we have maintained our child-free evenings. Mm-hmm. I love my guys, but I also love my husband. And so it is so important to have that time, the two of us, even on certain nights where we did order in, like in the beginning when it was very difficult to dine out. Mm-hmm. And then we've tried, you know, every igloo, greenhouse, globe, yurt, you know, like we've done all those things to kind of keep it fun. I am a level two certified sommelier that also occurred mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So I've increased my wine knowledge and I have, I do have a food blog. So for me, it's my creative diversion. Oh, it's yeah. called ordained underscore foodie. And okay, it's not, you know, it's, we'll put it's that in there now. We'll put that in there too. It's just, it's just for me, that is my relaxation where I can talk about food and wine and both together and what goes well together and what doesn't. And that has been really nice for me to unwind and uh, direct my attention and focus on something else entirely. That's just for me. I love it. Um, Well, and I, I, 
really love that you brought in both the like, what's the just for me and how important my alone time is and, and, you know, how I spend that. And, uh, and then also your couple, you know, so if you are in relationship and you have somebody right there and, you know, as a single parent, like having, you know, relationships that, that can foster and build and get that support that isn't just built in. Uh, but even when like that person's there, you have to work it. You know, when you have kids, like you have to work that, you know, have structures and systems in place like that to, to keep that relationship vibrant, you know, and growing and moving. So I love all that. Well, I love everything we talked about, Michelle. And, and Me too. The whole, Thank you. <laughs> the whole expanse and, and, you know, incorporating, you know, and, and seeing you mothering in all these areas and of course, culminating in mothering yourself, because that's the most important. But we will be able to share. So, you know, expanding and, and our knowledge in a, in this arena of, of mothering, which is adoption, and that you are a resource. I love that you're providing that. So we'll have information in the show notes for that, as well as, you know, I'll get the information on your food blog because it's always, you know, resources, right? Like that's what this is all about. It's sharing. <laughs> it is and very different. Fostering. Resource, and, yes. And we we all, all need to eat. All there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all beautiful. Thank, Thank you so you. much. And um, I can't wait for everybody to to hear your journey and what you've built and, and are going to continue to grow. Thank you for having me and thinking that it was worthwhile to share. Oh my gosh, 100%. If you like what you hear in this podcast, and of course, I hope you do, I'm excited to share that my next Mother Code Mastermind is coming up launching on June 7th. The Mastermind is an immersive six-week exploration into rewriting your mother code. You'll be supported by not only me, but a group of extraordinary women, each on her own journey towards self-love, self-prioritization, and self-fulfillment. The Mother Code Mastermind, each one is unique because of the women who come, but it's designed to give you the guidance and tools you need to nurture yourself first, no matter where you are in your life or on your mothering continuum and journey and be prepared to disrupt everything you've ever believed about the word mother and own it for your own expansion and empowerment. I hope you sign up and you can do so at www.drgertrudelyons.com slash mastermind. And the link is also in the show notes. I really hope to see you there. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to mother. Wait, no, subscribe to mother her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women. Well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.